so there's been some good news. Um, I'm going to become a full-time uh, game developer. And so I'm going to leave my day job behind and work on some cool projects. One of those projects, at least, will be the indie game I've been working on, Focus Find. If we weren't doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't have the job. How are you doing? You still... Uh, yeah, I'm good. Still at Ubisoft? Yeah. No, quit my job. Okay. Anyway, um, so for spoken... <laughs> Yeah, I quit. Yeah, I handed in my notice a couple of weeks why, ago. Why would you um, do that? I, there's a, genuinely a few reasons around it. The The main one just being like, I'm not genuinely happy with the direction of the company. Like that's kind of the big one. The majority of you obviously are decent people, but when you have a SWAT team sent to your studio um, by a live service gamer, um, you pro- might feel a little bit different about them. I okay. Because we absolutely did. Have you seen this stuff about Forspoken? Oh, the awesome dialogue, you mean? The awesome dialogue, but then there's like lighting issues and animation issues and rigging issues. I don't really adhere to Metacritic too often, but the game is sat at like a, a 65 on Metacritic right now. Right. Uh, there's lots of remakes <laughs> happening at the moment. Um, what there is. is. is it rem- are they remakes? Are they remasters? Are they just HD upgrades? So we're talking The Last of Us, um, part one. Dead Space has just mm. been just been released and goldeneye as well to answer that question straight away like they're all on different ends of the spectrum right so hi everyone and welcome to the polygon forest i am ubisoft concept artist vin hill and i'm joined as ever by i know like we'll, we'll get into that by the indie developer um christopher jarvis hello uh, yeah, both of those things are soon not to be true. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit, though. For the most part, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Long story. Anyway, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. Yeah, it's it's going good. Um, well, that's why well, we talk about it. How, how are you? How are you <laughs> sure. <doing? laughs> yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I'll let you um, go through your news first, okay. I guess. Well, we're going to talk about our announcements and news, and then we're going to talk about Forspoken, Forspoken, um, <laughs> remakes like The Last of Us, Dead Space, Goldeneye, um, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's what we got for today's episode, basically. Sweet. Um, but yes, so there's been some good news. Um, I'm going to become a full-time uh, game developer. Chris got a job. I got a job. I got a job. Well, uh, with Jump Button Studio. And I'm going to be working on them on some cool projects. And so I'm going to leave my day job behind and work on some cool projects. And one of those projects, at least, will be the indie game I've been working on, Focus Find. So that's going to be uh, bought, I guess, by the by the company. So that's mm. kind of exciting. Exciting times. Thank you very much. Thank Congratulations. You very much. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, so that, that's been my secret thing that I've not been able to talk about. Um, and now, yes, I've handed him a notice. Everyone knows what's going on. Um, yeah, so that's a very exciting time. That's been a long time coming, and it's been talked about for a while, and now it's actually happening. So Sweet. Yeah, what, what about you? Are you nervous about that, though? Like, I mean, I know it's a big jump, so... It's a big jump. It's kind of, I, I mean, I, I've been through that bit myself, so, like, I understand exactly what you're going through yeah. and, like, the nervousness around that. But, like, how are you sort of processing it at the moment are you do you feel good about it or you're still yeah you're still not nervous stage i feel good about it i definitely am nervous i just want to get into that because whenever i've started other jobs that's been different 
um, I've had loads of different jobs, loads of different types of jobs, been in different industries, pharmaceutical, mm. sales, automotive, data analysis, um, sales. All sound really, really fun, yeah. by the way. Like, they're just exhilarating <laughs> titles. But I was like, I wonder what the people are going to be like. I wonder what the job's going to be like. I had those sort of worries. But now it's like, this is my passion how much can I feel that passion in my day-to-day day job? Like how much is it going to feel passionate? And for the most part, from what I've been figuring out and working with people in little bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. As long as I'm working with creative people that have creative vision and are all trying to pull together in the same place, it feels really good. But then that's been the same when I've been working in other industries. Um, So I want to get stuck in with that side of things. And I just, yeah, but I'm I'm going in. I'm jumping in with both feet. It's going to be an adventure. You're just ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm nervous for what I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. Um, but I'm eager, um, and I'm ready, and I am fully prepared to pick up the skills that I don't have, and fully prepared to. I think I'm in a good place with my life where I'm quite um, self-aware of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I'm I'm quite happy to take on advice and improve on things that I haven't done. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking I am at the moment. Yeah, it's it's that's just generally a good sort of mindset to be in anyway, especially with this gig more than anything. Like working on games is kind of you have to be in constant sort of problem solving mode for the most part. Yeah, like I'm, like one of the best experiences which, which I had, and I'm really glad my first gig that I ever had was at Ubisoft in Osaka. Because when I went there, because that studio was so damn small. And when we were working on South Park, it's just, there was always this mentality of, hey, can you do that? And then the the reply from everyone in the studio was always, no, but we'll figure it out. Like that sort of mentality, like I'm really glad that I had that as my first experience. Because like now, like working at Ubisoft in Montreal, like you see these juniors come in and they are given very, very, very specific jobs. Mm And they're just like hyper focused on this one thing, and they're like sort of pigeonholed into this thing. It's like your wiggle room is like ridiculously small, yeah. sort of thing, and not in a bad way either. Like, it, like you kind of need to be on a triple A level yeah. in that respect. Like, but, there's one person that's just like coding weather, like, and that's that's his job, yeah, right? Specialists, <laughs> so it's, specialists really pay off in triple A space, and they they, they absolutely yeah, yeah worth their weight in gold, and they're, yeah, they're, they're they're efficient, yeah. And you see it, like, even with the juniors, which I've worked with, they're kind of like, well, you know, I don't, like, can can you work on characters? And they're just like, well, I don't really know if I can do concept art for characters. Like, I really, I'm really good at props and, and environments. And they're terrified to get out of that spot. And that's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And we'll find someone else to do it, and it's not a problem. But it's, like, that whole mentality which I had and which you're going to have pretty damn soon as well, which you already have got it to an extent, so it's not too much of a problem. But this whole idea of, get excited by not knowing something yes almost yeah I, I, like that yeah that is a good pocket to be in. i do like that yeah i like not knowing something i like finishing up learning something new because it feels like progress it feels like i'm going somewhere mm-hmm. feels like i'm traveling in a direction um like mastering i've never and i think that's because i'm like creative personality type i know you know obviously in sure. the video game industry everyone yeah. is creative but i've got that creative personality type where I almost hate doing things by the correct process and phrases like, (laughs) we've always done this. I hate that. 
and like yeah, don't ever go to japan <laughs> we, we do this <laughs> because of this way and i've almost pushed back against it i can't help it and i am like i'm sure there's a better way we can do this or i'm sure there's a different program we can use or or i'm sure there's a someone that can that can do this and 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 that whole yeah mentality of i i'm great at props but i don't know about people and i'm like well if you can draw a pot that's kind of round you can draw a head <laughs> so yeah i'm quite i'm quite um a creative personality type in in that respect where um mm. i like doing new things and and pushing the boundaries and forging paths yeah i'm i'm, I'm excited for you in that respect man congratulations by the way it's a huge deal Thanks. to be able to be able to do it um full-time it's just it is a dream and, I, and and you're right like there is this weird there is a shift like a mental shift which you will go through of like oh crap i'm doing this like this is no longer a hobby i'm doing this full-time yeah. sort of thing and there, there's this weird moment where you're working for like six hours in one day on the thing that you're normally only working on like in the evenings and stuff yeah and you're like i've still got three more hours of this and it, it takes some time to like adjust to that like properly and really get into the the idea of just like okay be creative for like nine hours a day yeah <laughs> you know it's kind of it's a weird shift to make but once you're in it it's yeah it, it it becomes a different thing but it doesn't become a different thing and i feel it's just like a job anymore it, it still feels great and it's still like you're yeah. excited to do it yeah um, well the problem i've had yeah. when i've been working on it just with a few hours here and there is is flow state it's like getting into flow state and then coming out of it i mm. i struggle getting into flow state but then sometimes it take it happens within about 15 minutes and then i'm in the flow state for like 45 minutes and then i have to stop because i have to either do the washing or get some shopping or take care of my kid or go pick someone up and that being that ending and being abrupted like come to an abrupt stop i'm like ah i could have i could have so gone on and done so many more hours and now i'm foreseeing this problem where i'll have that flow state and then i'll have like a meeting or something and then or i'll get bored and i'll come to the end of that natural flow state and i'll be like kind of getting bored of this now but yeah like what you said i've still got like oh i guess it's still a few hours till lunch um but that flow state session has ended and i don't want to do any more coding that's kind of boring i want to do something else so yeah i'm, yeah. I'm totally expecting you'll, you'll you'll find yeah this is the thing like i'm never going to give you advice on that sort of stuff because like you'll find your own tricks to to get in and out of that stuff yeah um like i i because i know how i have to ramp up into stuff in the morning and things like that and like how my first few hours look compared to my last few hours are just vastly different mm. um but you, you'll figure that out in time mm. um so i'm not i wouldn't be too concerned about that but yeah, yeah no it's it's exciting man like it's really really cool um it, it's cool to see people being able to like shift out from just like it being a passion to it actually dictating their lives a little bit so it's kind of yeah it's 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 a great next step well and it's kind of I don't, I don't want to say partly it's de- if we weren't doing this podcast i probably mm. wouldn't have the job right because the person that's green let you basically is listens to the discovered podcast. this game uh, right through the podcast yeah so. yeah so, i mean the podcast was your idea as well so yeah so that's kind of weird self-fulfilling in that respect yeah yeah so that's kind of weird that's like that's like hobbying hobby meets career in this yeah. weird thing so that's our advice to everyone listening is um start a podcast you know you'll get your dream job within a year apparently because that's <laughs> that's the deal yeah it works yeah, yeah yeah that's a weird way to break into the industry isn't it yeah it feels like that's cheating a story for the grand it, kids. To- it totally feels like cheating i i haven't well yeah same, same thing happened with me with the um with the assassin's creed stuff like it was just 
the Assassin's Creed Japan stuff. Like, it was just felt weird. Yeah, because like, really... you tried for like, was it a year before it's the Assassin's Creed thing? Yeah, it's not. It's just not a normal way to break into the industry, right? Like, I got in through some fan art. You got in through a podcast. Weird, 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 weird industry. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was trying to break in for like two years before the Assassin's Creed Japan stuff. Wow, two years, like after we finished uni, we graduated in twenty twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Yeah, it was twenty twelve. It was twenty twelve. Yeah, we graduated in twenty twelve. I didn't break in until January of um, twenty fifteen. So it was almost three years. Wow, it's two and a half years of me just trying to break in. Yeah, just relentlessly. Oh wow. Yeah, so well, I guess may, for me it's been since 2012. <laughs> Although, actually, that's not true, because I, I kind of did... Uh, you have had gigs. Like, you were at yeah, Sony Cambridge. I was at Sony and, Cambridge, yeah. but then I didn't do games for, like, a good decade after that. Well, yeah, you thought T-shirts would be a good idea, and that worked out great. <laughs> yeah, novelty T-shirts. I thought, yes, this is what I wanted to that do. Is the way, that is the way forward. Oh, um, God. What was and now you're making indie games. And now... <laughs> <laughs> Oh damn! Oh no! What yeah, there's, there's, we're gonna have to stop calling you like the indie developer at this indie point developer. because you're I'll technically just be you're... game dev. Yeah, game dev Chris Jarvis, it, I guess. Are they? Is this Jumbo Studios an independent studio? I guess. So will I still be an indie dev? Yeah, it's like I've always had this problem with when people call themselves indie. It's like whenever someone's published by Devolver Digital and they call themselves indie, it's like, are you? Are you, are you really? Are you, just like, are, are you actually studio? indie developer? Yeah. No. You're really not like you're published by like a pretty decent publisher. Like if if you're if you're having conferences at E3 as a publisher, you're, you're not, not you're not you're a, yeah you're not an indie. You're an industry studio. Yeah, because technically Microsoft and Xbox are indie. If, if we're putting it in those terms, you know what I mean? They're independent, right? They sell fun. Actually, that's true. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's stupid. They aren't owned like, by anyone don't. else other than Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, unless like if you're listening to this and you've actually got like a solid answer to what defines an indie, like I'd love to hear it because I've heard conflicting things uh, over the years. So please leave a comment and let me know. Because I I've think it's all about context, it. isn't it? Really, I think it's just context. It's a word that means something, but yeah, if you're if you're publicly funded, maybe like if someone can like invest into your company, like are you then no longer independent? But if if you're self-sufficient, as in like you're not on the the intro like the investment market or whatever like if, if you can't buy stocks in your company are you technically independent like i really don't i don't know what defines it at this point it's yeah. kind of it's more of like a gamer expression it's the same thing with like double a AA and triple a right they're yeah. really ambiguous sort of titles but i don't i don't genuinely know what they mean anymore but god knows yeah it seems to be like indie it seems to be the size of the game so it's like indie game double mm. a game triple a game that seems to be the I've always defined AAA by the money in, not really the money out. Um, but there are some games that sort of circumvent that. I mean, look at Among Us and Fortnite and Minecraft, right? They were technically all indie games. Like, they all were independently funded. Yeah. But they became quadruple A because of like, the, the amount, amount of sales, sales that they, they had. Made. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't. I genuinely don't understand it. We need to redefine it at some point in the industry because it's, it's very, very confusing. Yeah, um, especially with like how many indies are not actually independent, but yeah, funny old world. Yeah, oh, that is weird. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. How about you, Vin? How <laughs> How are you doing? You still? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Still at Ubisoft. Yeah. Now quit my job. Okay. Anyway, um. So for spoken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I quit. Yeah, I handed in my notice a couple of weeks why, ago. Why would you um, do that? 
because as a f- there's a genuinely a few reasons around it. Um, the the main one just being like I'm not genuinely happy with the direction of the company. Like that's kind of the big one. Um, I think a lot of developers feel the same way. Um, there's no secret to what's actually going on at the company. Uh, it's not really anything to do with any of the issues that we had in like 2021 of like the, the scandals and stuff because I kind of feel like that was blown out of proportion for the most part. Mm. Um, all of that sort of stuff. Like there was other companies that did much worse that were sort of just, ah, uh, they're okay because they make good games. Yeah. You know, but Ubisoft were an easy target so everyone was sort of attacking us. But just like the direction of the games, basically, I'm not really happy with what we're making anymore sort of thing. Like the the incessant need to try and find a, a new live service game is kind of what's driven me like over the last couple of years to really look for different avenues yeah um because i'm not i'm not really a fan of live service games i don't like making them i don't like playing them i don't like what they encourage within our industry i just don't like the gamers that play those as well are just sort of not the best people in the world like no offense if you're if you're a live service gamer like i like that's all good and well like the majority of you obviously are decent people but when you have a SWAT team sent to your studio um, by a live service gamer, um, you pro- might feel a little bit different about them. I okay. Because we absolutely did. Right. Um, so it's like, most so, of them are fine, but the ones that aren't fine are the ones that do SWATting. Yeah. yeah. They're the ones that send death threats. Like, I've, I've gotten messages off people uh, online um, complaining about Ubisoft. Or like, I've had to take Ubisoft out of my bio a couple of times. Things like that. Any other company, I wouldn't have, a, I wouldn't have had any of these problems. And at first, like, I was... I was okay with that sort of stuff because, like, you know what? Like, we'll part of the games and, like, we'll prove them wrong sort of thing. But over the years, like, I've sort of seen that people like Yves Guimau is just, he's just not, I don't know, he, just, he he can't see the woods through the trees, I kind of feel. Like, he doesn't, I, I don't I don't really feel like he so cares like chasing too money, much. Chasing where the next cash cow's coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's just a personal opinion. I've got no insight in this whatsoever. But my opinion is, is that it kind of feels like Eve has just been trying to sell the company. Um, that's the impression I get more than anything. Like, he's just trying to find an avenue to get the company sold. But he's probably having a damn hard time with that purely because of the 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 nature of what Ubisoft is, which is, like, you're looking at twenty to 25,000 developers worldwide across a lot of studios worldwide. Yeah. A lot of support studios are set up for other studios. So there's, like, the studio in Singapore supports um, uh, the Montreal studio and, and um, the Osaka studio in Japan supports the uh, San Francisco studio. And there's a lot of, like, little, c- c- like, studios like that that support another company, uh, other studios around the world. And, yeah. like, we're all working in conjunction. Like, Assassin's Creed is getting worked on 24 hours a day pretty much, right? Because it just... As like one person stops working, another studio starts working, then another one takes over, and it's just this constant cycle. Like Assassin's Creed is getting worked on twenty four hours a day by like a thousand developers at any one time. Wow! Um, Across multiple different um, games. Yeah. yeah. So if you're trying to sell that, like you've got to take a step back. So if you're Microsoft and you bought Ubisoft, you'd be like, all right, we've got to cut this company in half straight away because a lot of these games are not going to fit like our business model what we're going for but you can't package not after live service games. something to sell to someone for something because yeah. they're all intertwined so i don't think anyone's going to buy it um unless you're like a 10 cent or something but even then it's it's huge financial risk and the second that you buy ubisoft you become the bad guy because you have to start firing people yeah um so it's kind well, of you say like, you have to fire people could they keep people and still make a profit and just ch- change the so. direction uh, no 
Is it too no, big? No, because you, if, like a big it, ship? yeah, it doesn't matter. Like if you if you come in if you come in to a new publisher, and you have your own ideas about what that publisher should be, um, you're going to make changes, and those changes just inherently come mean that you're going to you're going to you're going to cancel projects. And if you cancel projects, like have they got anything else to ramp onto? If they don't, then we're going to have to start cutting people because we can't just have people sat around taking up money, especially when we just bought this company for like I don't know a lot of millions of dollars <laughs> you know a lot of billions even mm-hmm. um so you gotta you gotta you gotta look at that and and understand that that's probably why nobody's bought ubisoft so that being the case the fallback plan now is uh, let's just bleed the company for every penny that they've got until we come across a live service game and i just do not agree with that uh mindset i just i genuinely believe that we need to take a step back and and really make some games that gamers really love and you know and, and get back into the good graces of gamers so then we can start like building the momentum of a live service game but we just we we've been trying to ignore that for far too long and we're kind of all in on that at this point and it's it's a bit i just don't agree with it i don't i don't think it's a good direction for the company hmm. um i've seen a lot of people leave over the past sort of few years um and yeah it's just it's kind of hit the point now where i'm kind of like yeah i really don't feel great about being here and there's been other external factors as well, like Canada and uh, the the government around that and stuff. Like, I'm not going to get into like, the Quebec government and stuff and how they sort of uh, handle uh, foreigners um, that don't speak French. It's it's a whole thing, mm. um, but that contributed to it and just stability and stuff. But other job opportunities around me as well have have come up and that I've turned down in the past or like other sort of opportunities which I could have taken. Um, but there's other ones in the pipe right now, which probably won't be talking about today. Like we will get into that at some point. Yeah. Uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it, like ultimately the reason why I left Ubisoft though is the direction of the company in terms of like the games that we're actually making. I'm just not like, I joined the company to make great action adventure games basically. And we've when now turned into this, you know. Live service um, studio. Yeah. It's just bizarre. I don't. I just don't get it. Like, I mean, I get it from a business standpoint. I like we're trying to make money and stuff. I get it. Yeah. I really do understand it. I don't inherently even disagree with it to an extent. I just don't believe that we should be doing it. Like looking for that opportunity in every single game that we make. Like I don't. I don't believe in that. It's that side of it, which is like we should be just making single player Assassin's Creed games. We should just be making like decent Far Cry games and. Uh, things like Rayman and things like that and then in between finding a good opportunity to make a really good live service game and put our whole heart into it yeah um that's what i believe instead of like trying to inject live services into absolutely everything everything. that we've already got yeah i don't agree with that i just don't i don't think it's a good i just don't think it's a good method i don't think the games that we're attracting are like that great for the most part in that respect like no offense to the live service gamers again like the vast majority of you guys are great you have fun and, and you're a huge community and stuff and like live streaming on twitch and all that sort of stuff like i get it but it's unfortunately like the the bad batch of those people are the ones that sort of ruin it for everyone else and i just don't mm. yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of it mm. That's a shame. sad times sad times yeah but i mean i've been at ubisoft for friends. seven years worked on a lot of different games like watchdogs assassin's creed far cry uh rainbow six uh south park disney games like even gravity falls back in the day um, was one of the first games I worked on, but yeah, worked as concept artist, illustrator. Like I was worked in the marketing department for a while. Yeah, um, weird turn of events, but like even getting offered like higher positions just before I left and stuff like that, and turn them down just because ultimately I just don't, I just don't believe in the in the 
sort of direction of the company because when i first started it was i was excited about assassin's creed i was excited about uh, watchdogs i was excited about all these things that we were doing yeah but now it's just i'm not there's really not any projects in the company that i'm super excited about like the last one that i just worked on was really fun and this and the the world that we were building like the the art team and stuff super interesting really really interesting but then you start seeing the dailies come back and and how they're talking about like the what you're actually going to be doing in the game it's kind of like kind of gross yeah it's kind of gross i don't like this Mm. like this isn't why i got into the industry um so yeah and that's so now i'm just focusing on uh indie basically <laughs> like i'm going to be working on long gone a lot more which is great um i'm really excited to just knock that game out and, and have a lot of fun with that but there's a lot of other stuff in the pipe which we will be talking about some really really exciting stuff but yeah lots of lots of weird news i guess lots of weird news. but it's, it's good like I'm, I'm 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 feeling good about the move i'm i'm, I'm not like just quitting and being like no oh, screw this. it's been a long time i sat there twiddling my thumbs yeah, it's it's been a decision that's been going on for a long time. Um and again, I'm not like I'm not bitter about it or anything like that. It's not like I'm no hard feelings to the people that work at Ubisoft because at the end of the day, honestly, um the people that I worked with on a daily basis, some of the best people in the world that I've ever worked with, mm. like really, really great people. because um, the developers on the lower levels and even the management, um, people like the art directors and stuff like that that I've worked with, had the pleasure to work with absolutely amazing people like they they know what's up mm. like they're they're just as annoyed as everyone else but it's the people at the very top people like eve the the, the editor um suite of people like the people that are actually green lighting these games the people that are like making these high level decisions they're the they're the problem because that that's filtering down and yeah. it's yeah I, th- I think that's honestly why we've lost a lot of developers a lot of senior developers over the past sort of a uh, couple of years mm. more than anything it's just because of the really bad decisions and unfortunately i am now one of them so that's up that's interesting so ubisoft could yeah it'd be interesting to see what this ubisoft looks like with live service and part of every game it could work out you know what i mean like financially it could really work out like they they might hit something eventually because they've got some stuff which is just like this could be big like it could be really really huge like they've got some ideas that are in in the system right now which kind of like hmm yeah that could really kick off and, and do really really well and the company could do like really well off the back of this mm. but then i take a step back from that i'm like okay money aside do i want to be a part of that and the answer was no eventually that was kind of what i got to and it was always like the interesting thing about montreal and, and um ubisoft in general is that because they've got so many different ips and so many different projects if you don't agree with one project you, there's usually another one to jump onto mm. you know like if you're the concept there, like, yeah i'm not really that. feeling you this. can go and yeah go from one yeah. thing to another yeah and that's why like i've been at ubisoft for uh, montreal for about four years now um in-house i've been at the studio for four and a half years hmm. um in that four and a half years i've worked on a lot of different projects and i'm very blessed for that the fact that i can work on two assassin's Creed games a far cry game a rainbow game and uh, a watchdogs you know and that's before like all the illustration stuff i've done for like key art and stuff on different projects um like the division and stuff like that right hmm. so like all of that the fact that I've got all these projects under my belt now, just purely because of the nature of what concept art is, is amazing. It's great. But ultimately, it's gotten to that point now where I've, I've kind of looked at the suite of all the games. And the one that I was on, again, super interesting, really happy to work on it. Um, great art director, great um, team to work with. But you're just kind of sat there 
thinking, okay, when does this turn into that live service thing? Because it's end of day now, and you start seeing the the echoes of it and start seeing the hints of it, and you're kind of like, hmm, yeah, not real feeling this. Yeah. <laughs> so where am I going to jump off to? And then you look around you, and it's like, hmm, there's a lot of other games that are in the same boat. Like, there's not really much left that isn't tackling things like this anymore. Yeah. And it's the nature of third parties. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's third party studios. Like, the, if you're if you're a Sony or an Xbox or a Microsoft, you can have a little bit more liberty, liberty about um, not putting live service stuff in the game. That's why Ghost of Tsushima is so great. Yeah. It's because they didn't have to put any live services in it because they support their income through hardware sales, right? Yeah. Like they're trying to they're trying to sell hardware and, and get that percentage for every game that's published onto the uh, PlayStation Store. Yeah. So you can you can offset those costs by not having live services and just like make a great single player game. Um, Ubisoft can't afford to do that because they still have to pay 30% to whatever platform they're doing to and games for lack of a better term like they are like they cost 60 to 70 dollars in the US um, where really they probably should be about 100 at this point <laughs> it's right. just because of like inflation and things like that but we like gamers are very outspoken about that sort of stuff which is which is absolutely fine like I agree with it and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit yeah. uh, especially with remakes and stuff but for the most part, it's kind of like there's this weird balance that has to happen with a third party. That's why they get so much flack. That's why that's why everyone hates Ubisoft, apparently. That's why everyone hates EA, apparently, um, because they have to put these services into their games that nobody really likes and really agrees with. Mm. That's why I think something like Call of Duty, um, if, if Activision Blizzard does go through with Microsoft, I think that's going to be a great thing purely because it takes all the live services out of all of the Activision games. Mm. eventually because mm. like it's they'll have other revenue streams coming in so it'll be a much i think it'll be a better game for it for the most part yeah so it's kind of it'll be an interesting sort of thing but yeah i just ultimately like being at a third party i'd be super interested to be at a, th- a first party one day that'd be that'd be a cool opportunity yeah but, and yeah, for the most part you know it's just not when we started this podcast as well one of the big reasons we wanted to start podcasters because you were you know Ubisoft concept artist. I thought that everyone would get all the comments like, I think it's so cool that you're doing a podcast with an Ubisoft concept artist. And those comments never came in this sort of year and a bit we're doing this podcast. So I knew they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm fine with you leaving. I mean, I said that to you at the time as well. I'm fine with you leaving. It's absolutely fine. So it doesn't affect uh, doesn't affect the podcast. You know what, Chris? I'm I'm glad I got your blessing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much I can go into it. I mean, uh, like it's it's kind of cut and dry. Like the reason why. There are some nuances in the background, which I'm not going to talk about, but for the most part, it's got absolutely nothing to do with the people I work with. The projects that I did work on, um, had a great time working on them. It's just the end products when they actually come out is kind of like, ah, this isn't anything that anyone's ever going to love. Like Ubisoft are just completely ignored at this point, which I don't blame them at the same time. Like I'm not saying they deserve to be seen. I just, I hope that there was a bit more consistency in the industry in terms of like the stuff that people tolerate for other companies they don't tolerate for us and vice versa it's actually it's, a seismic shift right. really if you think about it it's it, it because to me part of the soul of ubisoft was single player campaign games that's what yeah. their bread and butter was yep and it seems now they're adding this element which is the opposite of single player campaign game life service element into every single game that they're doing yeah it's it's moving in a new direction and so it's bold um and yeah but it's weird that we saw articles where they're like we understand that a short shorter 
single player campaign for Assassin's Creed is what people wanted because the last few games were just too long yeah. um, and not as chiseled as they could be as an experience that's interesting yeah so, it's yeah. a fine line because like you people people complain about Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed is like the forefront of all of this right because mm. people complain about Assassin's it's too big there's too much live service injected into it like there's nobody likes it but then you look at the sales and there's like lots of people thousand and sales like a lot of people buy that game yeah right versus like the 10 million that bought like the old single player games so mm. it's like yeah money speaks at the end of the day that's why people that's why they're making them is because you guys keep fucking buying them that's why yeah <laughs> like it's it's very very simple guys like stop buying it and they will stop making it it's it's really that simple yeah and unfortunately there is just like that the, the the biggest section of the industry right now like in terms of gamers are the live service gamers so they're the ones that are buying this sort of stuff and it just sort of leaves um what well, might be like i'm not sure if this is even true but like the older generation like us like the the people are 35 plus and they're they're sort of more interested in the like the the more single player catered experiences and we're sort of being left in the dust we're like the old point. people yeah we're the old breed i guess um, which is fine like you know like the games industry isn't ours like it's yeah, not it's we don't be own it evolving yeah so it's it's always going to be it's always going to be catered towards like the the younger generation which is uh, makes sense absolutely yeah. i would too if i was a if, was, if i was a huge AAA company but at the same time it's kind of like yeah, it'd be nice if you did keep some of that for us <laughs> you know what i mean and not just like the odd bone like oh here's assassin's creed mirage like shut up so sort of yeah <laughs> it's like really that that's the best that you got like after this company that won game of the year for prince of persia and put out great games like splinter cell and rayman and you know the original assassin's creed yeah. and, and things like this it's splinter like cell, yeah. really that that's from you guys like that's that's what you're gonna do now okay that's interesting yeah um, strange really strange yeah be interesting to see what what comes out of it and it'd be interesting to see what you go on to i'm sure you can talk in the next few months but probably a month or so but there's a lot of stuff happening right now uh just to give a little bit of insight to close this sort of stuff out like i'm sort of in between visas at the moment like i know anyone that's been through the visa system Ah. is just yeah it's it's painful like it's not it's like giving birth to a golf ball it's not very fun um (laughs) so it's like i just don't it's like pissing golf balls is what I should say. Okay. That's, that's that's the old expression, not giving birth to a golf ball. That'd be kind of easy for a woman, I'm guessing. For a woman, I guess. That's... I'm just going to stop talking. Um, but yeah. Doing something weird it's with like, a golf ball. Yeah, so stuff with golf balls. But yeah, it's like pissing golf balls, basically. That's the that's the expression I was supposed to be going for. Okay. Um, yeah, don't don't ever go through like a visa system with the US or Canada or anyone. Just don't. Just don't like, do it. Stay where you are. Stay just where you are. Stay there. You're fine. Like it's not that great on the other side. I promise. Just stay where you are. Um, but yeah, I'm going through that at the moment. So that's okay. Yeah, anyone that's like used to like normal background stuff, like I'm in a hotel right now with terrible um, internet. There's a good reason for that. Yeah, yeah. And it's affected with our podcast. Internet. You know, I've had to change the way we're going to edit this episode. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. I, I apologize. I'll try and fix it just for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> so if you, if these yeah. are people listening, if you, could, if you could get a move on, because it's affecting my editing time. Um, okay, that's probably a good place to draw a line there yeah. so you've been warned of these indeed. people um indeed have you seen this stuff about forspoken the fallout over the um the game oh the awesome dialogue you mean the awesome dialogue but then there's like lighting issues and animation issues and rigging issues and um pacing issues uh, i i've seen different articles and different people tweeting about 
almost everything. Actually, uh, tell a lie. Um, the scenery and everything is uh, widely regarded as being really beautiful uh, and looks amazing. Some of the internal spaces are where there's people. The lighting seems to be messing up. The landscapes are great and the music apparently is really good. So there are some things that stand out for that game um, that's widely praised but yeah there's been dialogue issue um i've seen some janky looking screenshots i've seen some dialogue which out of context sounds unpleasing what's your what's your view yeah it just looks like a bad game basically i think that's the the consensus that i've sort of come to i mean i don't really adhere to metacritic too often but the game is sat at like a, a 65 on metacritic right now right um so it's kind of you can't ignore that like it, it just sounds like a bad game yeah for the most part. It, <laughs> like, it, yeah metacritic at 66 is telling you something yeah might not yeah. necessarily i mean I've, I've read i've read a couple of reviews yeah and the the thing that they keep coming back to like scores aside like that's I try not to look at scores as much as possible. Like I like to read the reviews and actually see what people are actually saying yeah. about it. But the consistent thing that keeps coming up is like it, it feels like a game from twenty twelve. Oh, okay. Um, it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like a modern game whatsoever. It feels like someone was told about this game ten years ago and they've been sat in like a, an echo chamber sort of thing, just tick tacking away and making this thing for ten years. Yeah. So what it feels like. So that being the case, like yeah, I get it. But yeah for the most part it will find a fan base don't get me wrong yeah but i i, I was i was really looking forward to this game but after seeing the reviews and, and reading some reviews on it and stuff like it's like uh it's, it's not gonna be as great as i thought it was and i think a lot of that pushback has come from uh what's at the forefront of that which is the presentation of things like the dialogue right yeah like that's the thing that people are speaking about like the word cringe comes up yeah a lot. Like, i'm not really it looks dated really fan of that word. it does remind but, me of people there's been some some comparisons both for and against why it's good or bad that it's like uncharted and it's like yeah that's true but uncharted is dated and uncharted improved over time and it's like an uncharted one dialogue where it's like that's that doesn't sit within the context of where nathan drake is in an environment um and it's odd pacing and it but then it got better and he was he was an idiot and you know he leaned into that his character but his quips better suited the story in the environment and there was more nuance as, it, as the series went on whereas this seems yeah. to be like the villagers don't really care about their impending doom but they're worried about like <laughs> getting their sheep in order and all this sort of stuff like there's that sure there's that going on and the woman doesn't seem that bothered that she's trapped in another dimension oh why would you be because she's right? got a magical no. cuff that can do her magical spells and she seems and to be cough called cuff <laughs> yeah honestly i think a lot of this comes down from the fact that we've got to we've got to take a step back and look at development stuff on this right like it's developed by square enix yeah um which is a japanese company making an american styled game for the most part like you've got a girl that's like originally from uh, new york um and she has and it, it's very like final fantasy-esque in that respect in terms of how she interacts with people and stuff and so she's got you're basically trying to translate Japanese mannerisms into um, into a Western character, pretty much, which is fine. Like if you're a Japanese audience and stuff. And the the thing is, like if you look it up online, uh, Japanese fans aren't as like they're not complaining about the dialogue yeah, whatsoever. It's very like, typical. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's very part of the course. Yeah. It's fine. Um, I looked up a few reviews and like people seem to be like they have problems with the gameplay, but nothing to do with the character. 
so i think a lot of it is down to just bad translation more than anything um so it's it could just be like the fault of like a couple of people basically like the the people that translated the game out um or maybe they just had such a hard time with it because if you've got to sometimes it's almost impossible to translate these things any other way i was gonna say yeah there could be issues where it's like there's no way we can translate this but this is a story beat for a joke but nothing is yeah. nothing fits in a western audience that's gonna land so yeah, this and then like just make it work and it's like oh okay yeah and japanese is very very different in that respect like sometimes i'll say things where we just leave a blank and vice versa and stuff like that mm. or they overemphasize certain things which aren't as important in english um just small things like that and that's before like you can translate stuff like nuances wise like because you don't translate everything one-to-one obviously mm. but for the most part like you're always gonna have a problem with that but i think a lot of it has come from uh if, you, if you've got a japanese writer for example that is interpreting a western culture then the writing is always going to be flawed from the origin no matter what you do i'm not even sure if that's true maybe they had a western writer on this and i'm completely off base here if that's the case then i apologize but just mm. going off assumptions for a moment yeah um based on other like western games i've seen from japan you know and vice versa as well the same thing happens all the time like like with ghost of shima i'm sure like there's some cringy ass dialogue in that game if you're japanese japanese people are just like like like, we would never say that why 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 would they do that like why isn't he bowing there and stuff like that you know like there's stuff like that um so like um, it works absolutely both ways and if you're a japanese audience like ghost of shima to a westerner is like this is dope like this is sick this is everything i want Whereas Japanese person's like, oh, that's really rude. Like, why didn't he bow there? Yeah, like, they've all met, but they didn't all bow for five minutes. What's going on? Right. Like, where, where, why isn't she offering him tea? Like, I don't understand. Ah, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's stuff like that, right? It's just small things, little bits. But if it was an, if it was an in England, someone opposite. walked in. It's like it's been it's been two sentences, and, and it, the right. tea has not been offered. Do you want a cup of? Do you want a? Do you want a? Yeah, do you want a cup of tea? Like, but that wasn't the first thing that was said. You've started bringing up a topic of conversation before tea was right. offered well yeah yeah i get that i had one criticism that, that was like it sounded like that the cuff dialogue wasn't recorded with the protagonist dialogue and that it sounded it. like they were reading lines and didn't hear what the reaction was and that can add to it as well which, which yeah there was stuff like the, the the main character swears too much just like unnecessarily like she just curses all the time um which is fine if it flows well. Um, I'm not. I'm not against swearing or anything. Like to go for it. You know what I mean? Like if it, if it works, flipping. Like if you're trying to emphasize, yeah, a certain, a flipping neck. Yeah, it flipping cares, man. Oh sugar, you know, shut the fridge and stuff like that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta love that stuff. Like, and it's fine. Like uh, any anyone that says like, you know, swearing is the lowest form of wit is <laughs> the full of shit. To be blunt, <laughs> um, it's kind of prude. Like they've got no yeah. idea what they're talking about um but yeah like apparently she just like swears randomly just like that wasn't natural whatsoever right. which again come it might come from the japanese writing because newsflash there's no swearing in japanese ah. like, there's, like there's no like inherently like bad words so they'll say things which are negative which are bad like in, instead of saying like f you they'll say go die like they'll they'll say shine instead which means just go die um, but like to die is not inherently like a swear word it's just it's a bad sentence which is negative but they've got no like unique sort of swear words that they can sort of use one to one so when so when they say things like uh, the universal known one which is baka which is like idiot sort of thing right 
um, you're an idiot sort of thing. But depending on context, they'll translate that in different ways depending on the anime or depending on the game. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll say moron, sometimes they'll say idiot. And, and you got with like a, you got a, pl- a paintbrush of plethora of colours to choose from with English language as well, especially words. of English, yeah, especially British English. Yeah. I mean, the just the sheer colossal list yeah. of ways to call someone an idiot in British is just uh, it makes me proud. That's all. Yeah. Like, it's beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful language. <laughs> it, it, it it's a very beautiful language, but yeah, like inherently, like you can't translate that. So she's saying things like "baka" over and over and over again, like in the original script, which she might well be. Then they just like just like back it makes this weird stuff like that. Makes this weird thing that happens where you should, the character's swearing out of context. Yeah, I can understand yep. how. That so work. like I get it for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So that's excuses aside, though. Apparently the game just looks bad, though. Yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> I've seen some. I've seen some gameplay and it looks bad. And other things like pacing, like you don't get. Apparently, you don't get to use magical spells until like a third of the way through the game, and then you don't get to use like some specific magical spells, which look amazing and probably went far away into selling the game to people pick it up oh, yeah. until like the last quarter of the game like mm. and again that people were like eh, they should have brought in the spells and then just upped the potency of the spell a bit more early you know towards the end of the game so that you had more spells earlier on there was people that seemed to agree with that so it sounds like there was some again and again that might be the west's interpretation of what game progression is agreed upon would look like and they might have been trying to do yeah. something you know artistic yeah i think I, I think you're on something there but it's like take it a step further i think it's the i think it's japanese interpretation of what western game progression looks like ah um, so like it, it, it it's kind of like i was trying to make like a japanese jrpg right like we're never gonna nail like, it okay. yeah what would the japanese people like like we're not gonna fucking know yeah <laughs> like we're not gonna know whatsoever like yeah. why would we know like we don't know what the hell we're talking about um and and rightfully so like that's why you get consultants in and stuff it just sounds like they just didn't get enough people to really like really diagnose this because again japanese games development companies they're very compartmentalized and they have very strict hierarchies and stuff and what's what the boss says goes sorts sorts of things like you have seniority and stuff like that it's very very ingrained into our culture right um not always in a good way sometimes it sometimes it works out really really well but for the most part, like it, yeah. it can it can bring its problems. To me, it just sounds like this game just just didn't have enough time and didn't have enough um, consultancy to actually like understand what a Western audience would want because that's yeah. exactly what they were trying to make. They were trying to like people are saying like, oh, it's a, it's a Japanese game. It's like it's inherently not like it's made by Japanese people, if, if but it was, it's for they a Western audience. Make it with Western protagonists and exactly. Yeah. They, she wouldn't have been in New York. No. She would have been in Tokyo. She like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it it just seems like it just this game is just a bag of miscommunication. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's that's kind of what I take away from it more than anything. For, which yeah, yeah. For me, it looks like knows. the comedy is based towards or aimed at those teen comedies. Like you know where they've got the laugh tracks and 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 they'll say things in a zany way and that will get a laugh track. It seems like Spider Man. Uh, it it tell honestly, it feels like. Square Enix were all sat around and they all played Spider-Man, the new Marvel Spider-Man, 2018 Spider-Man. They all played that and they're just like, we need to make a game just like that. Right. That's what it feels like. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. And like the the quips of Peter Parker. But without like that, all of know? the background of Peter Parker's back history to, right. to... Right, I see, I see. So they're just trying to cookie cut Spider-Man dialogue with no backstory of this 
Western protagonist, and then it's just that's what it it's feels clunky. Like. I get that. I get that. Yeah, because like if you think about it, like if you were if you'd never heard of Spider Man and someone gave you this game, it's like why is he in a red suit? Like why does he keep talking to himself like this? And like oh like everything that he says is really annoying. Like what what's with like these? Why is he trying to make it? jokes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have you have a lot of like pre knowledge and pre sort of forgiveness for something like Spider Man, right? Yeah. But for <laughs> or something like well spoken it's kind of like that's exactly the the model right yeah because you've got like all these weird quips and you got like this like oh, okay who the hell's cuff like why why does this girl come from new york and she's in this weird magical land like we we we're in that boat yeah and what's so, caused that relationship between yeah. the cuff and the protagonist like there doesn't seem to be a reason that she just starts talking down to him for some reason and he starts being bitchy to her for some reason and there doesn't seem to be any and it's no progression like in the character doesn't seem to be either. doesn't seem to be yeah, fascinating. Yeah, interesting. But then again, you know, what, what I'm saying, why do I need? Why does it need to be realist? You know, just that's why I'm like, it seems like it's meant for a teen, like like. Well, this teenagers. is the thing. Like to sort of cap this whole discussion off is it's kind of like the point of the game is for someone to enjoy, and if someone's enjoying it, which there seems to be plenty of people that are, yeah, then fine. Well, power to yeah. you. Great, awesome. Glad you're loving it. Yeah. Like that's absolutely great. That's fine. But like in terms of like the mass market and stuff, like it seems like the yeah, you, the sort of consensus is is it's just a bad. Game. You're never going to get anyone to get the marketing team to be like, like by the way, we're going to play this trailer and that it's going to look AAA, but it's going to be for people that like I like iCarly or like like <laughs> teen comedy. You know, it's not mainstream. You know, it's going to get sixty six on Metacritic. We think, you know, that, that's never going to be yeah, in the adverts, is it? Because the adverts looked it looked like it was going to be the next AAA. Yeah, you know, sure. calendar. It looked like another Spider-Man game. Yeah. It looked like it could have been great. Yeah. And the 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 framework for it was there. Like they absolutely yes. could have made a great game out of it. Yes. And that's why PlayStation invested it. That's why PlayStation made an exclusive. Yes. But they're kicking themselves now. But yeah. it's like that's why they because they saw the vision of it and they're like, yes, that looks awesome. Hmm. And I'm sure. But, and I'm sure. Looking at the this vertical slice, there's yeah, everything's geared up for it to be a smash hit. Yeah. Just execution. Just goes to show how sure. well. You need to execute on those things. Those yeah, just make good games. That's make it. good games. Super easy. Yeah, just do just it. Make just do games. it better next time, and then it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> Speaking uh, of people making games, um, yeah, and doing it well, uh, there's lots of remakes happening at the moment. Um, what there is, is. is it? Rem- are they remakes? Are they remasters? Are they just HD upgrades? So we're talking The Last of Us um, Part One. Dead Space has just mm. been just been released and goldeneye as well so they're all to answer that question straight away like they're all on different ends of the spectrum right so dead space is a full remake that just came out getting very very good ratings yep. nine out of 10s well played to them it looks great um you got goldeneye which is literally just a part of the original because that game's probably in license in hell right now in terms of uh like who has like actually has like licensing agreement i think it's like there's multiple companies that have got hold of the licensing on that game. Right. So they've got to be, so if they get anything through time, the door, it's it? going to so be MGM. We'll have to say, yeah. and I can't even imagine, man. And it's got to be his Brosnan as well. Cause it's his likeness probably. And the actors yeah. involved cause it's their likeness. Interesting. Yeah. Just make a, just make a silver eye game, which is like a spiritual successor and just take all the level. I don't know. Anyway, but like, make it good. You could absolutely It'd do be that. Platinum eye. Uh, go- you wouldn't go backwards. Platinum eye. <laughs> touche uh that's fair and then there's the last of us which is this weird sort of it's not quite a remaster it's an hd it's not quite a remake grade with some with some yeah 
cookie, I don't want to say cookie cutter, with some ported over, um, you know, award-winning um, accessibility options. Oh, without a doubt. Like, I'm not saying these games aren't good. Obviously, The Last of Us Part 1 is an incredible game. Yeah. Um, but inherently, the problem which I have with these games are the prices. The pricing. So um, it seems like the pricing is the same. Like, they just... I don't know, actually, saying that, I don't know how much GoldenEye is. Uh, GoldenEye is um, actually not a price whatsoever. I don't actually think you can own it. So GoldenEye is a funny one because... Um, you can only access it through either the uh, Nintendo uh, online service, which is a paid subscri- uh, subscription service, or you can get it through um, if you bought a game called Retro Replay, um, which is the rare Retro Replay sort of um, compilation thing that you've got. And yeah. if you've got a digital version of that game, then you can download GoldenEye on the Xbox um, for free. So I think what they're trying to do, like, again, this is comes from like the license and things, right? Like, I'm pretty sure the licensing dictates that nobody can like physically own the game. Ah. Um, so it's all done through like even you as the game, I have to go through a license. So it's kind of like yeah. the, the perpetual licensing of this game, right? It's all over the place. So like that that one's a bit funny. Um, it just it just looks like a bad port though in terms of everything else. Like it runs at like 30 FPS, um, has all the problems of the original, which should be solved like the z fighting on textures and stuff like then this you can see the seams everywhere because it doesn't quite correlate with the with a crt tv versus like a a 4k tv right know? like so you can see all the imperfections and things like that like just weird They're crisper they would have been blurred on a crt yeah just weird like layer sorting on textures and stuff so like background images like snap through um stuff that is in the foreground ah. and things like that just weird bugs like that so it just and the control scheme on um nintendo apparently is just absolutely horrific like it's not really like the button configuration just is not intuitive like a normal modern fps because it was originally designed for the n64 right on a single yeah. sort of um uh, stick and it's not been converted over for uh, nintendo but it has been converted quite well over to the xbox apparently like it's pretty decent on that but weird. again, licensing, weird issues. And Nintendo has uh, online multiplayer, but the Xbox version doesn't. It, it's like the whole thing is a mess. It just doesn't. It, it feels like it should have been done better, basically. If you're going to do it, do it properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dual, yeah. Dual analog stick support. Yeah. Native 16 by 9 resolution up to 4K Ultra HD where supported. And consistent refresh rate. Okay. So that's what they've done. So. Yeah, but we've seen versions that have been in development that have been scrapped that have had H- like textures redone and look really good, but that's mm-hmm. got shelved. And it's okay because it's a licensing nightmare. Fair enough. Yeah, so you can play it through Rare Upgrade, through um, Xbox Live, uh, Xbox um, Game Pass, and through yeah, Nintendo. Interesting. Bizarre. So people are like back on it again because it's on these easily accessible things. That's so bizarre. Um, so yeah, they're calling that a re... Uh, what are they calling it? I don't think they call it anything. I think it's just a HD port. remake. Oh, HD. But it is okay. a port. Well, but they've got the frame rate and the aspect ratio and the um, textures. Sure. But they've been up res. Really? But they're, they're the same. They still look bad. 
Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look. They're good. not new <laughs> textures. It's not been retextured. Yeah, I mean, it's fine for us, like because we grew up with these games. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're looking at them. It's like, yeah, they look kind of blurry, but I can play this for an evening uh, with my friends and split screen. Yeah, and we can have a good laugh about slappers it. only. Like, oh my god, do you remember DK mode, how... paintball mode. Yeah, love it. Right, remember how good this used to be and stuff. Stop cheating. Stop so looking at where I am. Jousting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That was screen cool. Stop looking at where. Stop looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I can't help it. Like I can see it right there. I see you're by the missile. Like I know that you're yeah, by yeah. the missile. <laughs> yeah. Different. Different times. So it's great for us, but for like the average modern gamer, they're just kind of like, this looks like ass. Like why? Why are people playing this? <laughs> so that's cool. So that's like that's like free if you like, because you don't have to pay free. It's just yeah. You have to be subscribed. No, it's fine. So that's free. So that's fine. Yeah. Last of Us. We talked about this in previous episodes. If you want to check out previous episodes of the of the show, we, we, we've talked in detail about how it's egregious and it's gross and it's money grabbing and it doesn't take that long to make the games and therefore it shouldn't mm-hmm. be paid full price um, as if it was a full development cycle because it just isn't. So that extra money is just going in the pockets of the yeah the upper management and publisher publisher um and then you've got dead space and that's like that's a remake so that's been remade um because that was that the original was held together with duct tape i think there was some game breaking bugs right up until the last minute i think in that game and it wouldn't so so i think they had to remake it there was no choice because it just wouldn't stand up to porting with hd stuff i mean they have that's the problem um, I mean, inherently, my problem is with um, Dead Space is the same as what I've got with uh, The Last of Us, which is uh, they knocked it out in less than three years. Yeah. Um, cost them half the development time, and the game is full price. Like, yes. We're, they, we're, we're in this pocket now. We're in this bucket. Like, we will never get out of it again. This is the problem. Um, we, to develop a, a remake like this, a lot of the problems are solved with remakes. This is the thing. This is what I'm trying to, like, inherit. This is what I'm trying to put forward to people more than anything the problems are already solved with everything like the vast majority of time in development on a game is designers and, and artists like trying to figure stuff out yeah. it's just like all right this bit is not working because of like the level design like this the way this flows doesn't feel great like the mechanics of this don't feel great things like that and sometimes like they do have to when they revisit games they do have to do this like mass effect so yeah they re- they fix some things from mass effect one that they'd fixed by mass effect three well, even if they didn't, the thing is with Mass Effect, like you got all three games in one package. Yeah. So you were automatically getting every game for twenty dollars. Yeah. Like up res and better frame rate, all that sort of stuff. Like great. Yeah. You know, like that's a deal. That's good. Yeah. Like that's that's how it Fabulous should be because value. the yeah. vast majority of the work is done. Yeah. Um, but you look at games like uh, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three remakes. Like they are more reimaginings. Um, so they do require a lot more time and they do require the resources to go into those things properly. Yeah because they have to reinvent mechanics. They have to reinvent like the way that the levels flow, new dialogue, new everything is pretty much from scratch all over again. Like, yeah, they have the bare bones basic, like this is the start, middle, and end. But beyond that, everything else is like made from scratch. Yeah. Something like Dead Space, it's kind of like they've built they've built this game on top of the original, basically. Yeah, That's, they, so they knew exactly the what the game needed to be. Apparently there's a new like secret ending, which is kind of cool. Sure, but how long is that going to take? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know, like, when we first started doing this, like, these HD remakes of stuff... They were um, discounted. They were discounted. So, Shadow of the Colossus, one of the greatest remakes I've ever seen. Like, to to this day, it's still up there. Like, highly praised, rightfully so. $40 on release. Um, Ratchet & Clank on the PS4, which was a remake of the original PS2 game. 
forty dollars on release. Like we were on a good path. Like it yeah. was like this. This is cool. Like this, like I really like this. Like this whole idea of like bringing new life into these things for a discounted price for less. But then we started seeing echo. We started seeing like whispers of stuff, right? So we started seeing things like the world ends with you on um, Nintendo, which that game came out and that was full price. Uh, the original game was thirty dollars and it came out at sixty um, on on uh, the Switch, and it's kind of like that's kind of messed up the fact that it's double the price of the original game yeah that's kind of nuts um and then playstation tried their hand in that for the first time with uh demon souls like they put out demon souls and people argued like you know well you know there's there's a lot of work went into demon Souls. i don't care like art teams are like a third of the production of a game right like the vast majority of it is just people sat there trying to figure out the level layouts like trying to figure out the the balancing of bosses what the bosses are going to look like generally like how how the game flows things like this this is the thing that takes time this is the reason why a new AAA game when it first comes out it, it takes like five to six years yeah of just hardcore teams like just working on stuff figuring stuff out and that's why remakes can get done in a few years because all those problems are solved yeah um, I don't care how pretty it looks. I don't care how many new animations you add to The Last of Us. I don't care if, all right, like if if The Last of Us like put in something like, oh, you can now go prone in the original Last of Us game. Sweet. Can you do that in the remake? Nope, because it's just art patches. Like they've just skinned it. They've reskinned it. Yeah. Well, they've added like all these new animations and stuff. It's like no, they updated all the animations. They understood exactly how those scenes were gonna go. You know, yeah. like it's not they weren't solving anything they were just making stuff look better yeah like that's the difference that's why i just don't agree with 70 dollar price tags and when you see dead space come along and it's got like a deluxe edition for an extra ten dollars on top of like they're already asking for 70 when the original game was 60 and you can play the original dead space on xbox right now that's the thing and it works great it's fine you can play it in 4k upraised yeah at 60 fps right now for free yeah if you've got if you've got xbox all oh i might i might i might do that yeah, and I, and I got a platinum on that game. I love Dead Space. I like, missed an amazing I game. I missed Dead Space. I, I felt the buzz from everyone at uni because that was a yeah. game out that was around uni time, wasn't it? So it's an incredible game. I got the, I got like, the it's just, buzz from it. It still holds it. up to this day. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing game. Mm. And I am really looking forward to playing this re- remake, but I'm not going to pay full price for it. I'm no. going to wait for a sale. I just can't, it's, I can't justify it's it. It's weird. I'm on instant gaming, which must be something, and it's saying it's 23 and 22% off but between the regular standard edition and the digital deluxe. So that's sure. 54 44 for the standard and 61... That's UK pounds, all right. For UK pounds, yeah. 61 46, uh, digital deluxe edition. So the di- digital deluxe edition is three unique suits and two suit textures, and that's seven pounds that Gross. you're paying for that. Yeah. like seven pounds for three unique suits and two suit textures yeah and to be clear about all of this like the game itself looks incredible i know people personally that have worked on this game like it was made in montreal right there's a bunch of people that jumped ship after um after what we were talking about before after uh, watchdogs legion was finished like a bunch of people jumped ship to motive and they went to work on this game so like i genuinely know people you know, the caliber yeah yeah and like it's not there it wasn't on their backs to like choose the price like it's like the work that's been done looks incredible don't get me wrong like the game looks really really good i I really want to overemphasize that but it's just the only problem i have is with the price like when you're offering like a deluxe edition for like an extra 20 percent of what the original was it's like uh, this feels a bit gross yeah 
it's weird. And also, that's such a weird thing to put in the deluxe. It's like, how many people is that going to appeal to? Are they going to, is it worth it? Like, how much? It's for the mega fans, right? And that's the thing that annoys, like, I've, I've, I put out a thread about this on Twitter and a lot of people seem to agree with me. Then there's a couple of people that disagree saying, well, it's for the people that have never played the game before, right? It's like, well, are those people buying the deluxe edition of the game? Because I doubt it. Because if they've never played the game before, they don't know if they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And suits right. means nothing. It's just costumes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm all skin. for whatever. I mean, if you, you want to throw money, skins, your money, but I'm talking like 50p for a skin. It's like if you lo- if you love the game, have the option to buy a skin and be like, hey, I like this game. Here's a tip. Ding. Yeah. And in return, I'll get a pink weapon. You know, or yeah. a new suit. I probably shouldn't have used the word pink weapon. That's probably that's kind of misleading. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people in Call of Duty with pink weapons. Yeah, or lack of, I should say. Anyway, I'm, that, that's a diatribe of a joke. I'm not going down that hole. <laughs> You've gone down a hole. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, leave, leave a comment and like it if you've been down a Call of Duty hole with a pink weapon. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Skins. Skins. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the thing. Like, yeah, if you want to buy a skin, goes. more power to you. Yeah. I don't care. But, like, but. don't have the special edition as that it's got some more things that you won't be able to get if you buy the standard edition. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just don't charge full price for this thing. Like, it just shouldn't. Like, if the original game took six years to make, and that was $60. Well, they're saying right? that the, R- could... the RIP for this is $70 for the base game. $70, 25p. £70, yeah. 25p. For the original, like the re- the remaster, yeah. and then seventy nine pounds for the deluxe, uh, the pre before discount. Yeah, because they want you to make that next step up, right? Like if it, if you went back two months ago, though, it'll be quite that price. But the reason why they're doing that is because, like, oh, am I really just going to buy the original, or am I just going to take that next step up and go for the next one? You know, like yeah. that's that's probably why they're doing that. Yeah. Which it's business, like it's, it's business. Marketing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But why can't um, it be like, play the game? Yeah, if you liked it, give us a tip and you get a skin. Yeah. That's how it should be. But people are Deluxe edition. I, I've just, I don't think I've ever bought a deluxe edition. I, like the I only do. special edition I've ever bought ever is from The Last Guardian. I bought like the collector's edition of that. But it came with a statue for Christ's okay. sake. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, it I've came got... with, like I didn't care about the extra stuff. Yeah. Like, it didn't come with any extra stuff in game. It came with an art book and a statue and it just gave you the game. Like th- I like that stuff. Yeah. That's great. Yeah extra um, but ec- that's an extra this suits skins is not extras skins is skins yeah yeah um it, it depends on the skins right but i mean look at call of duty like again going back to the pink gun thing and not like being crass about it but like when if you're playing like call of duty world war Two, for example and you're running through the battlefield like yeah this is super immersive like look at this this looks incredible like and it really did like at the time it looked really really good it's like it really feels like you're you're going through like the Battle of Normandy or whatever. Hmm. Um, you're running through the battlefield and then like some soldier overtakes you and he's and he's wearing like a pink hat and he's got like a pink golden gun, and it's just like it just takes you out that moment. Yeah. Like, oh, gross! Like it doesn't, like, it doesn't fit, you know. And Ubisoft are like terrible for this as well. Like you're like Norse mythology and stuff. Like you're on your like watching someone else play the game and they're riding through the landscape of like medieval England on their unicorn. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Why have they got a unicorn? You know? Yeah. Oh, and it's on fire. Oh, like a flamey unicorn. Oh, okay. 
like what yeah you know, so th- like it, i don't know i don't i mean people can play the game however the hell they like and stuff if you want to pay extra for that stuff and go for gold i guess it's your prerogative but like it's weird it's just weird to me like that this game is 70 dollars. it should be 50 at least yeah um yeah so i don't know we're in a weird Not space too. and us old men in the gaming industry we don't like it Oh, old man shouts at cloud old yeah man absolutely i oh, don't like it stop making money make less money and uh, have more integrity please <laughs> it's it's less about like i don't want them to make less money like obviously like business is business but they have we're, we're in that bucket now like now that sony has paved the way with things like demon souls and the last of us part one it's gonna um, be expected everyone's gonna expect hands. it to be Every every single remake now. It's gonna be like don't a full care price it's from. It's gonna be seven. It's gonna be a full price game every single time, and uh, it's because nobody made us think about and it. The fans will pay around. for it because they're fans, and that's that. Yeah, and of a fist. Yep, I guarantee you will get a you will get a Bloodborne uh, remake at some point, yeah. and it'll be full price, and people yeah. will be like, "Yep, that's fine." And it's like, mm. and what happens when we do get to that day where a remake comes out, and it's not great. And you're like, I just paid full price for a remake, and everyone's going to be like, wait a minute, how did we get here? Wait, didn't we get there with um, GTA, though, already? No, because that came... Oh, was that um, discounted? That was... um, I think that was discounted, but I think it also came in a package. Oh, yeah, it was three three frames. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, like, that's, again, it's like the Mass Effect thing. It's more of a remaster more than anything. It's not really a remake. Yeah, it's true. But... Yeah, but yeah. like the, we're in this hole with remakes now. That's it. Like this, this, this is not going to end. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and we're just going to get like the same, the same set of games over and over again. Yeah. As as we go through this, um, the fact that Horizon uh, Zero Dawn is getting a remake already Ugh. is bananas, and that's going to be a full price game. I guarantee it. <gasps> I will a full price remake of. Yeah, because they've done Zero the Dawn. Forbidden West, and they can just port over the good textures and stuff. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Well, uh, I wouldn't because the other game is fine. It looks fine. It's incredible. Like, I, I played it a couple of years ago, like on the PlayStation 5. Looks incredible. Yeah. Still looks great. Like, just like some of the facial animations in the original Zero Dawn, like, they they cross the Uncanny Valley sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, the fact that they're making a remake of that, it's kind of like, how different is it going to look, you know? Because it's not going to look at all different whatsoever. It's, this should be an update. It should be like The Witcher 3. What CD Projekt Red just did with The Witcher 3. Like, they just updated it. Like, yeah, it was a patch. Oh, by the way, it, it, it's been completely updated. Like, everything looks great now. Sort of thing. For me, with, uh, with Horizon uh, Forbidden West, there was Uncanny Valley in terms of the interaction between the characters. Like, there was that weird pause between one, when one person was speaking and the other person started to speak. There was that yeah. weird pause that was uncanny as well, like, and that's in the latest game. So it's already it, it's not going to solve that uncanny valley problem. <sighs> yeah, strange. Companies making money. I, I, remakes confuse me, and they they it, it's obviously a personal thing. I'm not telling anyone else that they shouldn't buy it. Like that's oh not yeah yeah. We're not saying and we're not saying you know you're not a nice person for. Yeah, go buy Dead Space. Go like, buy you've it. never yeah, played yeah. Dead Space. I want to buy it. I've you've never played, played Dead Space. This is it. this is now the time yeah. to buy the remake. I'm totally like, that's it. actually a valid. That's actually a valid point because if you've never played the original and stuff like that, because and again, the, the remake has been made by 
the same company that published the original game. So if you're buying it for the first time yeah. you've never played Dead Space, the remake is absolutely fine for you to buy right now. And that's fine. It's also but bit... if you're asking me to double dip as a fan, oh like, yeah, not, yeah, that's different. For it, screw that. Well, yeah, it's like you you started to play Mass Effect because you'd always wanted to, and it has always been on your back burner. But I'm guessing with the when the new ones come out, it's like okay, it's got that status where it's like become legendary because it's it's survived enough to have a remake. Dead Space yeah. was always well received, was always talked about, and is now got that place in history because it's got a remake same with the last of us like everyone if you didn't if you were the one of the few people that hadn't played the last of us you now know it's amazing because it's got a remake so it's definitely has that place the the last of us the last of us in particular is like that is the people missed the reason for that like uh, i spoke about it at length to annoyance and still nobody I'm not saying I'm right about everything or anything, but Jesus, like, why why did nobody realize what that game is for? Like, the the HBO show comes out, like, a month after a remake. That's why it was remade. Yeah. It's because all the people watching the show could go, go and pick up a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. They're going to buy a PlayStation. They're going to pick up The Last of Us Part 1 and be like, yeah. all right, let's see what this game's all about. Yeah. That's who it's for. Like, it's not for us. It's not for the people that have played it before. Yeah. It's for those folks that are going to be... Like the many, many more millions of people that are going to watch the HBO show versus like yeah. the the twenty thousand games that played it, and it's been working. Um, I've seen people, yeah, it's, like developers, going. I've been sat here with my family, and they are flabbergasted by watching this show. And they're like, "Is this the game you played?" And they're like, "Yes." And they're like, "This story is amazing." It's like, "Yes, this story is amazing." Now you get it. Now you understand why I've sat there in front of the TV with the controller and I'm crying. You know, you, yeah. you get it no, now. Just don't, just don't watch season two. That's, <laughs> that's all, because you're gonna cry a hell of a lot more. Um, but yeah, it's it's that basically. Yeah, it's it's nuts to me that people sort of miss that. So it makes more sense with the Last of Us. But yeah, Did, have you seen? Still, the, have been full price. Have you seen the, the the HBO show, The Last of Us? I have not. I haven't touched it yet. I'm gonna wait until the series is done. Ah, uh, what? And then you're gonna binge it. I'm gonna binge it. Wow. Watch it all. Okay, I've seen the first episode. I've heard it's incredible. And I've heard it's really, really good, and it breaks the barrier of what the last one. And we'll do like a full episode on it okay. when the season's done. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll talk about it. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. Like, I really, really want to watch it. I'm just, I'm at this point, like, where I don't have HBO at the moment, <laughs> so yeah. I don't, I don't actually have access to it yeah. for one. Um. So it's kind of, I'm waiting until I can sit down and watch it all properly and stuff. Cool. And I, I also don't like this new trend of, oh, this is a digital season that's coming out online but we're gonna like release one episode at a time yeah. so we can bleed money out of people so they stay subscribed for at least two months oh, um, i really wow. i don't like this avenue that they've gone down did the same thing with rings of power lord of the rings on amazon it's like just release the season yo like i don't have that much time like i'd much prefer to binge watch this in a weekend and enjoy it rather than like having to like oh man it's friday like okay like and you forget what, what was happening in the last yeah. episode especially you creative know, people stuff like that. especially dealing with narrative things like designing narrative and i'm thinking about rings of power i'll forget the last of us like especially if you're doing multiple narratives you're invested in yeah i think it's just a different we're a different generation now you know Mm. that's the thing like we we consume one piece of content at a time rather than watch like multiple things in conjunction with each other yeah like that's i think that's just the nature of like our generation like millennials especially yeah like we like to watch one thing at a time like we'll watch a whole season or something and be like, all right, let's put that to bed for now, sort of thing. And then the next season will come out and be like, okay, I've got to rewatch the first season and watch the second one again. Like there's a lot of people that do that and they go through that cycle yeah. because they only like to do one thing at a time. It's like I only play one game at a time pretty much for the most part. Like I jump between one or two at times. Yeah. 
but for the most part like i don't jump between two like story heavy games for example ever yeah like, it's always like, like i'm playing like a like battlefield and something like the last of us right yeah so it's kind of like one is mindless one needs my attention yeah um yeah i'm doing high on life shows of the and, same which is like my throwaway narrative and then i'm doing um plague style requiem which yeah. is um my narrative thing and oh my god good game so good so awesome. good like i got into what i thought was the third act and it just opens up that's all i'm gonna say nice it just opens up i'm like it's, it, that's the theme of this pre of this sequel is it just blows my expectations out of the water what i expect to happen in almost every way musically thematically narratively visually uh location wise i'm just my expectations are just blown out the water every single time something new happens i'm like what Tiny man, Double A Studios are the future. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, we we need more of them because the AAA market is going down the hole right now. <laughs> so yeah. Like we can get. And I'm like, why don't I have there? these experiences playing a AAA game? This, this, yeah, uh, maybe that's it. They care. Maybe it's it. Maybe that is it. Like my, my expectations when I'm playing a AAA game is to be amazed, is to be wowed. And when I see a cool visual, True. I'm like, oh, you're you're meeting my expectations. And then when I'm playing a AA game, which has kind of got janky like facial animations and some of the dialogue. Sure. I'm like, uh, like, oh my god, there's this huge, massive thing. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Like, how did you manage that? Maybe that's that it. Interesting, isn't it? Maybe that's yeah. it. Hmm, interesting. Maybe. I don't know, but yeah, you need to play that game. You need to play that game. I know, I know, I really, I really, I really do. But I need to finish the first game <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good time to wrap it up. I've been going for like an hour and fifteen minutes. Ah, so okay. We've yeah. gone over a little bit. Uh, okay. I know. You're editing, though, so it's fine. <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to toil over the thumbnail, and it takes me fucking minutes. minutes. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will split this one day, I promise. Um, when when I've actually got like a decent setup again, um, and I'm not in a hotel room, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, we, we'll definitely even the load. I promise. Like, well, you're, I, you're, I owe you. Both. You're paying for the Zoom, so that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, I, I am Mr. Moneybags. You're right Mr. Moneybags. Yes. You're funding funding the passion project. <laughs> You're the angel investor. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, if if you did enjoy this passion project from the uh, from Mister Moneybags over here, then uh, please like and subscribe as always. Um, if you are interested in the podcast in any way other than the visual sense, then you can find us on your all your favorite podcast services. Um, we're on Anchor, so we sort of spread out everywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that sort of good stuff. Spotify. If you're into it, just uh, search for polygon forest and you'll find us there we also do another um side um podcast with our good friend uh, sam webster uh called the solo dev roundtable where we talk about our indie games or not um uh, mr mr no longer an indie mr. Or publisher um, mr. mr publisher yeah we have mr. to publisher. figure out how that's gonna work let's we'll figure that out yeah it won't be a problem be fine. i'm sure yeah yeah it'll be absolutely fine yeah um so yeah and if you're interested in uh, any solo development or just indie game development in general then go and check out that podcast um we just talk through what we've uh, been working on and what we're due to be working on on the following months and stuff like that so really cool if you're into actual development itself uh but yeah other than that um chris where can people find you so uh so yeah if you search for acrylic pixel that's um what i'm making focus find under at the moment um so you can find me on twitter at acrylic pixel on youtube acrylic pixel patreon i did use uh, patreon i have to figure that out i have to figure that out but it's acrylic pixel but mm. you can't find at the moment but if you want to you know, subscribe and follow the page and then whatever i 
end up doing with that. Okay, I'll You'll figure, figure that out. out. Or let me know. Yeah, Tell me what you want to see. That'd be good. Um, yeah, what about you? Where can we find your stuff? Uh, yeah, if you search Hillfort Games, uh, I'm floating around on a few different websites, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, stuff like that. But if you want to um, help me out, you can uh, wishlist my game long gone on Steam. Um, that is the the main way to, to keep up to date. But yeah, Twitter is the main one that I'm yeah. still floating around on at the moment. Also, um, wishlist but... Focus Find on Steam. Yeah. Because it is yeah, on Steam. Yeah, absolutely should. Yeah. Yeah, it's, st- it's still going to be under the same thing. So, yeah, it'll all be there. Yeah. The publisher name might change at one point. But, yeah, that's that's the only thing that's going to be different. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, like, uh, tune in next week. Like and subscribe, like I said. And we really appreciate it. And until then, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>